Hello and welcome to the Oklahoma Drill. This is Ryan, joined by Alex here after a challenging Bedlam Saturday. How, how are we feeling about this, Alex? You know, I think the, I mean, the biggest emotion that I had watching that game was just relief. Um, yeah. Because I think, you know, we've mentioned a few times on this podcast, um, I currently attend OSU. Uh, um <laughs> So the idea of having to go to school on Monday with OSU having beaten OU was not something that I was particularly excited about. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, I, I, w- I wouldn't say that I was, like, talking shit or anything to, like, people, but I was just, you know, they would want to talk about the game, and I'd be like, yeah, I think we're probably going to win, you know, and then, I don't know. I was very confident that we were going to win. I wasn't like, and I mean, they were too. Like, it wasn't like OSU fans were, hey, we're going to beat you guys. They were like, yeah, you guys are probably going to win. Um, but yeah, no, I, I had kind of, it wasn't necessarily a bet, but I had kind of told uh, mm-hmm. one of my professors that like, yeah, if OU loses, I'll wear like all orange to the next OU home game. And, you know, but so that came a little closer than I thought it would, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So that, I mean, that was really, it was just relief, you know, through, through the whole game, like just cause I mean, it did not go how I expected it to go and we didn't do a, uh, preview pod. Um, sorry guys last week yeah. was just like a crazy busy week for pretty much everybody involved in this podcast. So mm-hmm. yeah, you know, just could not get it worked out. No, but, uh, I don't even know what we would have said in preview of this game. And we'd probably, I don't know, I would probably have been irrationally confident and now look really stupid. Yeah, we would have all looked like idiots because I would have been like, oh, Taylor Cornelius, trash. Which, Um, hey, not wrong. Right, not wrong. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we would have have all been wrong in our our preview because, I mean, just... You know, I, I was talking to some OSU people today, and I was like, yeah, I, just, I was not expecting that. And they were like, yeah, we weren't either. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it didn't go the way in either side thought it would, you know. Mm-hmm. And it just, it kind of, it, I didn't really enjoy the game, you know, like. Yeah, it was, and that has been, that has been, been a, a recurring pretty, theme. A recurring theme, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, the ultimate game like that this year. I mean, other than Texas, but was that Army game where it was just like, God, I just want to get out of here, you know? Um, yeah. And I just kind of felt the same way, you know? Yeah. I was like, I mean, we've already kind of done damage to our image, so let's just get out with a win and move on, you know, move on to Kansas yeah. next week. But, yeah, yeah no, well, it, like, it definitely got scary for a little bit. Yeah. I'm so tired of not being able to enjoy watching Kyler Murray play because I'm, yeah. I know that if anything bad happens, we could lose a game. Right. Well, and that's, I mean, I tweeted after the game and it got, it got some, some likes on, on the Twitters, you know, and please like my tweets guys. That's how I grow in confidence and just general. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I tweeted that, um, something along the lines of, the worst thing about this whole thing is that we can't enjoy the insanity of what this offense is doing because anytime they aren't perfect, it looks really bad because while they're clicking like they were early in this game, our defense isn't allowing them to put any separation out there, you know, yeah, like that. Our offense was unbelievable in the first half. We had 450 yards. And there was only one point in the first half where we we were up by multiple possessions. And um, that was at the very end of the half. So, like, Mm -hmm. it was – it should have been, like – we should have gone into halftime thinking, holy crap, we just put up 450 yards and 34 points and a half of a football game. You know what I mean? But instead, we were going in – oh, you went – literally went in – like, the fans were booing them off of the field. Because of what had happened right before halftime, where we just let them drive down the field as easy as they could, you know? Yeah. And then, like, there was the clock management on the, at the to actually in the half was a little weird and annoying. Yeah. But, like, at the same time, I feel like, like, oh, you just got a little unlucky with the clock. Like, right. had, had the spike, had the clock stopped before three seconds had gone off on the spike, which I think is fair. I don't know. Yeah. 
Which, clock, come on, like come on, clock management. Clock guy. Yeah. Well, clock management at this level, because I mean, the clock stops while the chains are moving. Like mm-hmm. it's basically, um, which I also feel like chain screw. This will be an interesting thing to, for like people to examine. I think chain screws are getting faster, right. um, which is diminishing like the advantage of pace of play. I think, but right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So at like as a result, like there just wasn't time to attempt a field goal at the end there, um, which yeah. may or may not have gone in anyways. We were at sort of the limit of Cybert's range, yeah. though. No, I think we were at like the thirty nine right before that last play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think what you, if they could have done it again, they probably call the timeout with eight seconds left and then throw an out route or something. Yeah. Um, and then get Cybert out there. Or, I mean, maybe just let Cybert try it. Like, we know he's got a huge leg. You know, maybe mm-hmm. he's got a 55-yarder in him. You know? I bet he so, does. Um, I mean, I'm sure yeah. he does. It's just a matter of him actually doing it. Yeah. Because... You know, he's missed some from that range before, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem. Like, and one of the things and let's just, let's cover the offense real quick. We have so much to say about the defense. Um, mm-hmm. So let's start with the offense real quick. And just in general, like we said, first half, 450 yards, 34 points, you know, you feel pretty good about that. Um, mm-hmm. Couple situations where down, you know, in the red zone, OSU was able to hold us to field goals. And that was yeah. actually like a really, really huge part of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you really wish that we could have, you know, kind of punched those two opportunities in. Um, yeah. But I'm not going to be super, I mean, 34 points and 450 yards. Like, that's really all I, you know, that's it. Yeah. That's what yeah. I see. And I, I just, the success rate was ridiculous in the first half. Like, I don't have any complaints about mm-hmm. what happened there. Um, second half, um Things just got out of sync, and this is the second game in a row that, like, we just came out in the third quarter, and we're just out of sync offensively. Uh, and, yeah. I mean, that's a concern because I think we have a game in a couple weeks that I'm not sure our defense at any point is going to be able to stop them. Um, uh-huh. And so we just can't have multiple drives in a quarter that we don't get points on. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Which, Wow. <laughs> What a depressing, like, state of affairs. Like, Yeah. uh, For sure. Well, and, you know, I'm seeing, like, I saw a lot of complaints, like, because that that kind of situation, that kind of, I saw a lot of criticism for Lincoln Riley after this game, you Mm -hmm. know? And, like, people, uh, the biggest criticism I would say that I saw, you know, obviously we talked about the clock management before halftime. I don't care, whatever. Um, but the other one was that he just got – he's been pretty unaggressive when he's in third and long situations. Um, yeah. He's caught a lot of runs in those situations, and none of them have worked. Um, and we it's not like – you know, obviously he's not expecting to get a first down when he's calling a run on third and 20. But, like, we're gaining, like, two yards on that run when he's really just trying to give more room to punt, and we're just not doing anything with that. So Yeah. I mean, I could see that as an issue, um, but at the same time, it's like you're really like your biggest complaint about a guy's play calling is that his third and 20 calls aren't great. You know, yeah. like to me, like think about how did we get in those situations and then examine it from that point of view, whether than rather than criticize a guy's third and 21 play calling. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And like really free, like honestly, the biggest like penalties more than anything in the third quarter, we're slowing us down. We got, you know, we would end up behind the, like, behind the sticks on a holding call, and then, like, you know, once it's first and 20, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. Well, and I think that um, Lincoln in those situations, when he gets behind the chains, that just, he doesn't call run plays on first or second down in those situations. Yeah. It's like, oh, we've got to get it in these next couple plays, you know? And that's mm-hmm. something I talked about last week. It's just, you know, it seems like he's all, like almost trying to avoid third down altogether. And, yeah. you know, when he gets behind the chains, it's like running the ball is just like not even an option to him, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I would like to see him maybe, you know, because teams are definitely expecting pass in those situations. 
Um, I would maybe like to see him, you know, try something um, different, you know, maybe a, like either a screen or a run, a run play. Because we ran the ball so well in this game that, you know, yeah. there's no talent. Like we could have popped like a 12 yard run and then you're all, all of a sudden you're in like a third and three or something. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I would like to see a little bit of variance in that. As far as this third and 20, like I, I, I think our offense is good enough that you don't have to be conservative in those situations. Uh-huh. Um, I think he should trust Kyler a little bit more, but I mean, it's again, it's not like a huge complaint to me. Like, I don't know, but yeah. you know, we have dynamic enough playmakers that it's like, yeah, maybe give them a chance every now and then in that uh-huh. kind of situation. Maybe they can make something happen. Like Marquise Brown on a third and 12, took a one yard pass and made it into like a 30 yard pass because he was able to split two defenders in like this insane way. So, yeah, you know, just give him that kind of opportunity. Mm -hmm. I agreed. Um, Um, Anything else offensively? I mean, our offensive line, very good. Cody Ford, man, like Cody Ford is not going to be here next year. Like that's just something that we need. And I'm like, the more I think about it, the more excited I kind of am for that. Like, and it's not because I, you know, don't like. I obviously I like him, but I'm just excited about the idea of having four new starters next year. So in 2020, that we have all of our starters back. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, Cody Ford is not going to be here. I think honestly at this point, it's more likely that Bobby Evans would be back because Bobby Evans hasn't been he hasn't been as good as Cody Ford, honestly. Yeah. Um, so but like I don't I don't know. Yeah, the reality is that. <laughs> I mean, I like I don't necessarily know about Drew Samia, but like I feel like every offensive lineman, like when Lincoln Riley says that all of his offensive linemen are going to be drafted, I don't think he's like I don't think there's like BS in that. Like no, this offensive line is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Samia will get drafted. Uh, yeah, I think he's played. I think he's had a really really good senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'll probably be the last of the four to get drafted, but mm-hmm. I think he will get drafted. He's also just a really versatile guy. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of value there, but yeah, no, we have ridiculous NFL offensive line. Like basically our offensive line right now is an NFL offensive line, you know, like yeah. every single one of those guys is going to be in the NFL next year. And mm-hmm. I probably more than one of them is going to be starting next year. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. pretty impressive. Speaking of that, you seen Orlando Brown doing really well in the NFL? I had heard that he was doing really well. I know that he had started, that his playtime had increased, and he really, like, demonstrated his value. So that that's really cool. Yeah, that and that, yeah, no, that's, I mean, the more of those guys that can be just successful, the more Bedenboe's going to have to sell and just be like, hey, yeah, I get my guys to the NFL. You know, and Orlando <laughs> Brown's a really good example of a guy that, like, he wasn't a surefire NFL guy when he got to OU. Like he was yeah. a guy that he had some tools, but like we molded him or not mm-hmm. we, Bill Bedenboe <laughs> molded him mm-hmm. into an NFL offensive tackle. And that's, that's really cool to see. So, um, you know, the more that he has of that kind of thing to sell, the better. Um, I think Cody Ford's going to be another, could be a really, a really good example of that as well. So, mm-hmm. um, Okay, offensively, I mean, anything. I mean, Carson Meyer had, it like, probably his most impressive catch of the season. Yeah. Like, that That's, was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we we did, like, I guess notably, Trey Sermon tweaked his ankle in the first half. Mm-hmm. And so he was used sparingly for the rest of the game, and yeah. Kennedy Brooks was awesome. Yeah, which is great. Uh, running back depth. It's hilarious that this is now a problem, given where we started the yeah. season. But it's a right. legitimate problem. We had two active running backs for this game. Yeah. Well, yeah, we start the year, and it's like, I feel great about four of our five running backs. And even Marcellius Sutton, I'm like, he's okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, yeah. like, we have two. We have two. And in this game, really, we had, like, one and a half. Because Sermon was only used in, like, specific instances after he got hurt. So, yeah. Um yeah, and that's, I mean, it wound up producing, we had a really balanced running game. Like, it was 165 mm-hmm. for Kennedy Brooks, 124 for Sermon, and then Kyler ran the ball 14 times for 66 yards. So, yeah, um, I mean, it was it was fun to kind of see that all, you know, 
see the production from all three of those guys. But yeah, it it's become a concern at this point. So um, hopefully TJ Pleasure, I, I heard he had a hip flexor. Hopefully he can he can get back for Kansas because yeah. I don't want to have I don't know what we would do because we can't just play Kennedy Brooks and Trey Sermon the entire Kansas game. You know. No. Yeah, and really. I mean, I don't know, Carson Meyer, take some hands off. That'd be fun. Sure. Um, Let's see a yeah. six seven guy get some hand off. So <laughs> that'd be great. That'd yeah. Be um it's um yeah. Like looking with this offense, like Marquise Brown has also been really dinged up recently, you can tell. Um Yeah, oh yeah. That guy is not he's probably you know, seventy percent right now. Yeah. Maybe. Like we're gonna see some fresh faces in the Kansas game. Because yeah. we can't like the we don't need these guys to right. beat Kansas and like they need the rest. Um, yeah, but yeah, honest. Go ahead. Honestly, I wouldn't be mad if uh, if Marquise Brown and I mean Trey Sermon's gonna have to play a little bit, but if Marquise Brown didn't play at all, I wouldn't be mad at all. Like yeah, give, give Charleston Rambo the reps. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel about the situation. Um, okay, let's move on from offense because there was another side of the ball. Yeah. Um, and my God. So we gave up 640 yards, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, that's a season high. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Taylor Cornelius, who, you know, he's at best an inconsistent quarterback. Like, I mean, yeah. sometimes he's good. A lot of the times he's not, you know, he's completed just over 60% of his passes this year. This guy's mm-hmm. not a high level player. Um, no. But I and mean, I, it. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just like, I've been, I've been suspicious of his arm strength all year. I've just, there's a yeah. lot of things where it's like, he's not very mobile. Right. Um, there's so many ways in which Taylor Cornelius is a quarterback who is not like, shouldn't threaten athletes of this caliber. Right. Yeah. Well, and was there at any point during the game where you're like, yeah, Taylor Cornelius doesn't have a very strong arm, does he? Because I didn't, I didn't see that. No. I thought he was yeah. perfectly capable of making every throw he made yesterday. Mm-hmm. And at no point was I like, yeah, he just doesn't have a very good arm, you know, and that, that has not been the case very many times this year where it's like, yeah, yeah he's got a great arm. You know, I have not, Arm talent hasn't hasn't been something that's really crossed my mind whenever I watched Taylor Cornelius before mm-hmm. Saturday. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, he finished with 501 passing yards. That was that is 501, 501 <laughs> on 34 of 53 and three touchdowns. Um, with that said, I mean, he did miss some guy. Like he there were, he, there yeah. were. First of all, there were Tylen Wallace dropped a couple passes that were super easy that he could have easily caught. Yeah. Um, and then he just flat out missed a guy, including on that two point conversion. Like he just yeah. put it in the worst yeah. possible place. Yeah. He, he was putting um, it behind guys. He was putting it in the dirt. Like, yeah, 500 yards for this guy. And honestly, there was more that he could have done. Like he left yeah. stuff on the field, which is hilarious. He might have left. He might have left over 100 yards on the field and that would, you know, put him over 600. So, yeah. Um, it's kind of crazy to think that you gave up 501 and you're like, man, we got lucky that that's all we did. Yeah. Um, so that's absolutely terrifying. I OSU, they have, I mean, we knew this. We absolutely knew that they had big time skill position talent. Mm-hmm. Alan Wallace is going to be a guy that's going to be a finalist for the Bulletnikoff Award. Maybe yeah. even this year. I don't like his numbers are incredible this year. If not this year, he probably next year. You know, yeah. Tyron Johnson, like he's a good receiver. He looks like a great receiver whenever he plays us. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, Dylan Stoner. He, he like, yeah, these Dylan guys Stoner, exist. Solid. We know about. Yeah, we knew about these guys. Yeah, we knew about all of them. They're good players. Um, but like, I mean, we made them all. We made them look like Jerry Rice out there. Yeah. Um, so that that was a uh, that was a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, running the ball for the majority of the game, we were relatively successful at stopping them from running the ball. Yeah. Uh, so I guess you got you got to credit the defensive line a little bit for yeah. being I'll, able to stop the run, and we made them one dimensional overall. 
Yeah, ultimately they, they had to be pretty one-dimensional. Towards the end of the game, Chua Hubbard started getting going, and that's because defensive line was really tired. <laughs> yeah. Like, you could tell. And, you, I right. mean, you could even tell, and I mean, depth on the defensive line is also a problem because, like, Jalen Redmond, like, his blood clot thing has sort of come back. Um, so he'll be out for the rest of the season. Um, and, like, I, we all saw what happened to Neville Gallimore. Like, right. And, like, as a result, like, the run game, their run game started getting going in the fourth. Um, but ultimately, like, we did a good job against a run game that is not bad. Um, Justice Hill's legit. Jimmy Harvard's pretty legit. Justice Hill, by the way, injured himself in some way during the game, which the broadcast never seemed to figure out. Um, I really... <laughs> is it petty to complain about broadcast crews? I really don't like that broadcast crew. Um, I was yeah, really happy that we two, had them two, two years in a row. Two weeks in a row. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, um, at least, yeah. Yeah. Do we? Let's let's just get in. Let's talk about some issues. Yeah. Having defensively. Yeah. Um, the first the first issue I, I I really have you know a big problem with. I talked about it after last week. I don't like the player personnel packages that we're using. Mm-hmm. Um, and most specifically, I hate like with every fiber of my being our dime package that we throw out there mm-hmm. in like every passing situation like it's just like oh it's second and 12 oh we better put six defensive backs out there oh mm-hmm. it's third and six we better put six defensive backs out there you know um it was not successful yesterday that was what we used right before halftime uh yeah and they just completely they completed every pass there was no pressure on the quarterback there was nothing well Um, no resistance yeah and the the thing that because it felt like we were putting six defensive backs out there and then like playing like a lazy zone like yeah yeah like we were playing like a prevent type zone um (laughs) and that's gonna just uh make the problem of not being able to put pressure on the quarterback even worse because you're only rushing three, and you're also make, letting them throw quick passes pretty easily. You know what yeah. I mean? So that there's just not any, there's not going to be anything you can do about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was a big problem. Additionally, like think about if you're thinking about the best players on this defense, who who are the guys you're thinking of? You're probably thinking of front seven guys, right? Yeah, yeah. You're thinking, yeah. You're absolutely thinking of the front seven guys. And I, I would this like this package takes those guys off the field. Yeah, you're taking a defensive lineman and a linebacker off the field in order to play six defensive backs in a secondary that's experiencing some injuries right now too. Like Khalil Hotton's out. Yeah. Um, Jordan Parker got hurt in this game, so um, I don't know why we're doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems wrong. Like especially, I, I thought it was really noticeable in the second half. Like. First and second down, we're in our, like, base defense, and, like, things were going okay. Yeah. Um, and then third down, we put that those guys out there, and it just it didn't work. OSU yeah. was 10 of 16 on third down. Yeah. Um, it, was, and, it was dreadfully bad. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, you recruit four- and five-star linebackers because they're not one-dimensional players, right? Right. Like, Kenneth Murray, you know – has every right to be on the field on third yeah. and long. Like these guys, Caleb Kelly, like is a player who has the physical tools to, to hold up on a long passing down. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's, and I guess that's something we should mention is that he actually got on the field. Um, and, and the thing, all right, this is insane to me. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Caleb Kelly. Um, we're still big fans of the man. Um, I don't know how good of a football player he is, but I still like him. Um, mm-hmm. Going into this year, our big like our big problem with him last year, and a problem that I think that they thought they had pretty much overall on defense was that they were having to take him off the field on third down. Yeah. Um, because he was playing that Sam linebacker position. So they got the idea, well, let's make him a will linebacker. That way we don't ever have to take him off the field. Um, and so that we made that switch and apparently it just didn't work. And so now he's right back to where he was. 
Yeah. Um, basically, we wasted a year for him because instead of like playing him in this position all year, um, or after it became apparent that he wasn't going to be out Curtis Bolton for that position, um, we just sat him on the bench for a long time. And but now it's like, oh, three games left in the year. Let's try him out back at the Sam. Um, yeah. It's it's super weird. Like Ryan Jones was not very good in that spot, but like I don't think there was any reason to think that he would have been more successful than Caleb Kelly at that spot yeah. even three or four weeks ago. Yeah, you know? it, well it's like as if you have a player like Caleb Kelly, uh, um obviously changing positions is hard, you know. Moving from one side of the defense to the other, there's a lot of stuff you have to relearn. Um but like if it becomes apparent that he's not going to beat out Curtis Bolton for that spot, why don't you just immediately abandon that experiment? Like, if Curtis yeah. Bolton is good enough to stand up to Caleb Kelly at the will, then Curtis Bolton's good enough to play Will, and Caleb Kelly's probably still good enough to play Sam. It's not like he forgot, you know? Right. Well, and th- that's the thing is just he looked kind of bad at times on Saturday, but, mm-hmm. like, this is his first game of the season playing that position, you know? Um, And with the tweaks that they've kind of done to the, you know, we've gone to really more of a four man front. Like Mm -hmm. it's a little bit different than what he was doing last year. And yeah, um, I, you wouldn't expect him to be super successful in his first action in that situation. So like, you know, I think as the season progresses, if we play him more out there, um, I think he'll probably be more successful it's just frustrating that like we're just now coming to this realization that it's like, oh, we actually do need to get this guy on the field. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. I, I don't know why that wasn't crossing their mind as soon as, you know, it became apparent that Curtis Bolton was the better Will linebacker. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I just another we we've mismanaged the situation. Um, I mean, we're all used to that kind of deal where yeah, you know, we've mismanaged plenty of, of highly recruited guys on defense now. Uh, but this is just maybe the the best example of of kind of what the one of the main issues has been since you know 2012 on defense. Um, mm-hmm. uh, anyways, all right, let's move on to let's talk about the defensive line. Um, we yeah. talked like largely okay against the run, you know, until they just got exhausted. And I think mm-hmm. that that dime formation was the dumbest thing ever, and that. I mean, you're not going to be able to stop the run when you've got basically two defensive linemen out there and Mark Jackson on your defensive front. You're not stopping the run in that situation. You leave yourself vulnerable to that all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. We didn't have the depth um, with on on defensive end, especially Kenneth Kenneth Mann played a ton of snaps, um, and so that's just not going to be something that you know by the end of the game he's going to be worn down. Neville Gallimore almost died. it was yeah. that was pretty that was pretty scary honestly yeah uh, yeah because that he just was not moving for a long time on the field mm-hmm. um, and then I think at this you know we look at the you know the scheme as, as the four man front goes um, I think Ronnie Perkins and Neville Gallimore might be the only guys there that are like kind of living their best life in that front four you know. Mm-hmm. Um, to where it just really suits them, like on in both phases of the game, um, yeah. running and pass rushing. Because Neville Gallimore, that's one of the things about him. It's just it seems like once a game, he just will embarrass the guy across from him. Yeah, um, and just go sack the quarterback. Like he'll just, you know, in like the last two games, it's been like I've, no, I'm going to watch Neville Gallimore on this play, and then just he just happens to make his one play of the game on that play. And I'm just, I can't help but think like, why doesn't he do it more? You know, like, yeah, if you can just physically manhandle, he split a double team to do it on on Saturday. And it's just like, why, why is he not doing that more often? You know, like we need that once per possession, you know, Mm -hmm. not once per game. Um, So that, that's frustrating. But um, if you look at a guy like Amani Bledsoe, like, I don't know what that guy is. Like I, I, he's kind of a three technique on, you know, in a four man front, but then uh-huh. he's also probably not really that. And I just, I never notice him during games, 
Do you ever, yeah. do you ever like, do you remember many plays? Like, oh, Monty Bledsoe made a great play. Like, I just, I consistently no. No. just don't notice him at all. Other than when he's, like, getting a 15-yard penalty called against him because he loves grasping, he loves grabbing face masks. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, I mean, speaking about how this defensive line, like, isn't comfortable in both phases of the game. Like, the pass rush is just, it really hasn't been there for these guys. We can't get pressure with four guys. We just can't. No. Um, unless Neville Gallimore decides that it's his play for that week, yep. we're not going to get pressure with four guys. Um, and, like, part of that is, you know, maybe they don't have time because the secondary is giving such a weak look. But, like, the only times I felt like we are going to get to a quarterback is if Curtis Bolton comes on an inside blitz. <laughs> like in yeah. every other situ every other situation, it feels like, well, I hope the secondary is going to make a play here because they're going to have the time they need. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that they, they definitely go hand in hand because, <laughs> you know, we talk about how, the secondary is playing so far off that the defensive line is like largely wasting effort whenever they're rushing the quarterback in those situations, because there's uh -huh. just no, there's no scenario that they're going to be able to get to him unless the offensive lineman like literally doesn't block his man for a play. Uh -huh. uh, you want to, what's going no. on right now? <laughs> I have no idea. No, okay. just no clue. No idea. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to assume there's a sporting event happening, right? Probably. Now. I mean, when I left him, he was watching National Treasure Book of Secrets. <laughs> okay. Well, that could also explain it. That's a pretty well, intense yeah. movie. So, of course. No. Kidnaps uh, the president. It's incredible. He, he uh, does. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, back back to our defensive line. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think that there is a a certain amount of the fact that it's just. You know, we're not playing eleven man football on defense. You know, there's always a yeah. breakdown sometimes literally. Kind of, yeah, well yeah, sometimes literally. And there's always a breakdown to where it just it we waste the efforts of a certain position group by just screwing up at another level of the defense. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that makes it really hard on our defensive line. I think realistically, I mean I think our defensive line is okay. Like, I mean, at least they can stop the run, man. Yeah. Like last year, we couldn't stop the run at all, and it was miserable to watch. Mm -hmm. um, it's so it's definitely. I mean, and we also didn't get a pass rush last year either. So, yeah, they are better in in that way. Um, mm -hmm. And I think I heard a stat that Chuba Harvard was the first running back to go over 100 yards on this defense this year. Um, and so, I mean, that's good. We've played some good running backs and held them, you know, over under 100 yards in all but one situation. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I guess you got to take that as kind of a a positive um, as far as positives on this defense go. Yeah. Um. um talking about talk the. Oh. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I want to talk about our secondary's positioning. Um, okay. Because. Just, I mean, first off, uh, when an underneath pass is completed, like so many terrible angles, just yeah, so many terrible. And if you want to talk about missed tackles, that's where they come from is bad angles on the ball. Like it's right. like, I don't know. There's something, there's some, there's some failure of coaching that when a ball is caught underneath a defensive back, they don't have like they don't fly to it at all. They freeze. They don't know what to do. Um, and if that's fear of making a mistake, then, you know, <laughs> I can understand why they, why that instinct has been trained into them. Um, just given who we know was coaching them for so long. Um, but like, that's got to change. That's absolutely got to change. Um, this safeties um, just like, corners like trained award got rinsed several times during this game that and, okay so i i think we finally have an answer to the the great mystery of the secondary on mm -hmm. if trey norwood is 
like just so good or, or teams are just not throwing his way. Um, and it's, it's pretty obvious that teams were just, you know, avoiding him for whatever reason, they just weren't mm-hmm. going his way. Um, probably the wrong call by a lot of offensive coordinators, but, um, yeah, he was, he was horrible and I am not, I, our, our rotation of corners is the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. Like there's a lot of dumb things going on, on this defense and the rotation of corners tops that list because, mm-hmm. Trey Brown had his worst game so far as, you know, the starting corner. Um, but he's still better than those other guys. He's yeah. still able to, like, actually close space and make tackles. You know, like, yeah. he gave up a lot underneath. Um, but so did all of our other corners. That was clearly this what they were told to do. Um, mm-hmm. And at least he's able to close the space. I think he missed... I think Tyron Johnson made him look silly one time in space. And then obviously he got beat over the top once. Um, But overall it's like, okay. Like he's, I think at least Trey Brown, you're you're working with some potential there. Like he's got the physical tools um, and he's not just so overmatched physically that he can't make tackles in space. So like that dude never, never needs to leave the field. The fact that he's still leaving the field, concerns me greatly about our coach's ability to evaluate talent mm-hmm. in defense. Yeah. Um, and I think that Parnell Motley, I think Norwood needs to be removed from that rotation. And I think Parnell Motley needs to be the guy um, because I think Parnell Motley is capable of making plays. We've seen him make plays mm-hmm. and we've seen him become extremely close to making some plays this year. And he just hasn't been able to do it. It's just been unlucky in some situations. Um, but he is at least able to make plays. I don't think Trey Norwood's ever made a play. Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to think of anything Trey Norwood has ever done notable other than just like not get the ball thrown his way for whatever reason. I'd have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, because he can't tackle at all. Can't tackle in space. Um, and I just... When I watch him play, like, unlike when Trey Brown is going for a tackle, like, Trey Brown at least is, like, trying to seemingly make the tackle. Like, Norwood, it's just, like, I'm going to, like, go towards the guy and hopefully he, like, trips or something. I don't know. Like, it just – it doesn't seem like he's going in there, like, fully committed to making tackles. Um, And I just – I have a huge problem with that, um, definitely. Um, So, I kind of – I've all I've been a, a Trey Norwood guy, I guess, but like I, it's just kind of out the window after seeing what happened on Saturday. Really, these last two weeks have kind of ruined me um, on Trey Norwood. <laughs> yeah, because it's just I I can't accept the fact that like he can neither make a play in coverage or make a tackle, and like you've got to be able to do something. And at least yeah. Trey Brown and Parnell Motley can do something. Yeah, yeah. Um. What I was going to say about Trey Norwood is that a couple of times when he got rinsed, I almost felt like he was expecting to have help over the top. That wasn't there. Yeah. Um, okay. But now, all, all of the things you've said are valid. Like, yeah, for sure, Trey Norwood did not have a good game and like looked really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like th- I mean there are a lot of when when we have guys who play zones. Um, yeah. They, I don't know what they're doing a lot of the time. Like, yeah. like they're so dedicated to being in their zone that they don't recognize that they're out of the play, you know? Yeah. And like, so I don't know. We just, we, <laughs> we need guys and I, and it's especially defensive backs. We just need guys to understand how to make plays, understand and how to get involved in defend the football field. Um, right. And yeah, 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 we're just not there. Like coach, like in terms of coaching, in terms of scheme, we're just not there. Right. I think, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. I, both of us, I think we're both okay with what we're seeing from Robert Barnes. And a lot of times it's hard to tell, you know, if a safety is actually doing his job. Like you said, like those bombs that Trey Norwood got beat on, they could have been just as much on Robert Barnes. Um, mm-hmm. as anything else but i think overall we kind of like he's the best two-point conversion defender of all time yeah. um 
there's at least there's something there. Like he can come up in the run game and mm-hmm. provide run support. I think he's a pretty decent tackler. Um, and then also, I think I think Jordan Parker is okay. Uh, I think he's a serviceable player. I think he's at least a Khalil mm-hmm. Houghton caliber player. Um, yeah. Assuming we don't have Khalil Houghton from here on out, I don't. I don't know exactly his um, prognosis, but I don't expect him back. I guess is what I would say. Um, yeah. What if we just say, all right, we're gonna go? Or what? I mean, even Delarian Turner, yeah, like he's done some decent things. I think he's a pretty high level athlete. Like, throw him mm-hmm. out there. And what if we just spend the rest of the year trying Buki at corner and see how the hell it goes? You know, I actually saw this suggested that um, the corners for the year for the rest of the year should be Buki and Trey Brown. Um, I understood. I under. I mean, I understood why Buki ended up playing in the places he did this year. Yeah. And I get. I understand the logic of it. Like Buki's a playmaker. Safety was. Like we had a lot of questions about what we were going to want out of the safety and nickel positions. You know, if Buki is guarding, if Buki is playing nickel or strong safety, he could be, he's in the middle of the field or closer to the line of scrimmage. He can get more involved. But like, to me, like, A, Buki's a natural um, and he understands how to get involved anyways. I don't think he needs help with becoming involved in place. Right. So well, I would be I would be down for it. Yeah, I think I think the main reason why they're playing Buki, they've been playing him basically strong safety all year until they kind of made some changes to move him up to nickel. Uh-huh. Is I don't think they had anybody body that they liked at safety, and yeah. they were just like Buki's pretty much good at everything, so we're just gonna put him out there to kind of like fill the gap. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's not where we really want to play him, but it's like it's better that he's there than Jordan Parker or something. Yeah. You know what I well, mean? And like fundamentally, like a, I don't think Buki's really been incredible in those positions this year. No, um, no, like, but you know what I know Buki can do guard a single man. Like, <laughs> and we saw that, like um, that terrible pass out to the flat that Taylor Cornelius threw. Uh, yeah. Like, which Buki almost picked. Which another almost pick for Buki. Yeah. Um, it's just that that's a thing he can do. Like that ball had no right. chance. Um, yeah. Well, and I think Buki is a guy that, you know, he, like you said, he knows how to involve himself. You know, and if he's a, if we have both sides of the field covered by guys that, like, if they give up a catch, they're at least going to try to attack the receiver and uh-huh. make the tackle. Like, I think you're working with, I think you're just already better at that spot. Um, And also just like watching Buki play corner in high school, like he just did things that I've never seen Parnell Miley or Trey Norwood do like ever. And they're older players. Like, so I just, it might suck and it might not work at all. Maybe he's too small or whatever, Uh but try it out. Like it it can't be worse than what we're doing right now. I think we ought to try it out throw Delarian Turner yell out there at safety um, and just go super young and just like, maybe we have a secondary that we can kind of develop going into next uh-huh. year with the new guy. Like maybe that's it. Maybe that's what we do. Um, but I, I just, I, I don't want to watch what we're doing more. Like it's, it's clearly not the answer. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, um so where do we where do we go from okay. to from I, here? So a couple a couple more things. Um, I think that this game to me kind of just completely put into perspective like the amount of change that needs to happen mm-hmm. on this defensive staff. Um, I don't see the need. To I, I don't see the reasoning or the justification for keeping Kerry Cooks as defensive back coach beyond this year. No, not really. Um, like, his first year was 2015. That was by far his best year. That was also his most experienced secondary, I believe. Um, 
like he's his secondaries have been disasters the last three years like absolute disasters yeah like we've had to replace a multi-year starter with freshmen both years because they just couldn't get it figured out you know i mean we had to have true freshmen come in and stabilize the defense and then those guys have like maybe even maybe gotten worse like it's been pretty consistent. Jordan Thomas got worse through his career at OU. Mm-hmm. And, like, I know we've always talked about, yeah, he had some issues. Um, but what if he didn't? What if it was a development problem? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Motley seemingly, like, he started his career great. Mm-hmm. And it just hasn't, nothing is going right for him at this point. And, like, we might be on the verge of another Jordan Thomas situation. I don't think we're there yet, but we might be headed that direction. Mm-hmm. Trey Norwood was you know he kind of stabilized the defense last year this year he's a disaster he's not doing anything right you know um Mm -hmm. so i'm not sure that like we can afford we can't afford to have that happen again like because for for right now from what we know about how corners play at ou trey bound's going to be horrible next year like we have hope for him this year he's going to be terrible next year um if we keep things going the way they're going um and then at safety like as well as Kerry Cooks is recruited at corner, like because most of these guys we're talking about were relatively highly recruited guys. Yeah. Um, and they were decent recruiting pulls. Um, at safety, he's been a disaster recruiting safeties. Last year, we like didn't even get like we didn't get the minimum amount of safeties that we wanted last year. We had to like leave a spot open because mm-hmm. we just couldn't fill it. And it wasn't because like we Nobody wanted that spot. It was we turned down multiple guys that wanted the spot because we wanted a different guy, and then we wound up not getting that guy. And like yeah. that's the kind of thing you can't do on the recruiting trail. You have to be able to have backup plans. Mm-hmm. And if you turn down a backup plan, you have to know that you're going to get Plan A. Um, yeah. And that's yeah. just been consistently a problem. Also, this year we're kind of in the same situation at safety. We have one or we have one or two spots open at safety, and like. I have no idea who we're, who's going to fill those spots. And the way we've recruited safety this oh crap, the way we have recruited safeties this year mm-hmm. has been one of the most. It's been very Tim Kishian, um, yeah. If I'm being honest, and like I just that to me is like that's like the nail in the coffin right there. Like if two years in a row he, I think he screwed up safety recruiting two years in a row, um, and you can't look to what he's done on the field to say like any justification for him to keep his job i'm i'm now to the point like yeah when carrie cooks needs to go like i have been kind of pro carrie cooks because it's just like you listen to him all the all the high school guys love him like he's a really good uh personable guy Mm -hmm. recruits pretty well but i also think he like mismanages recruiting situations all the time um and i think that that's kind of left us in a, a really weird position at safety specifically um, so I think we need, I think we need a new voice back there, man. Like it just, things aren't getting better. They're actually yeah. getting worse. And yeah. And they've been getting worse for a while. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. think, you know, yeah, his, I mean, this is a thing and we've, we've blamed it on Mike and, you know, in, in a sense that sort of, that is sort of shielded Kerry Cooks from getting a ton of criticism for us for a while, the way his players have regressed and his players have regressed, um, yeah. like, Jordan Thomas was uh, high, was a projected early first round pick at a yep. point, and no, right? Nope. And that's yeah. you know that's ridiculous. Um, and you know, <laughs> yeah. And I wish like, that we could. Were... I wish that we had nicer things to say about Jordan Thomas because I really right. did think that he had the talent and the ability to be a great corner. Yeah, if it were one guy. Like yeah. you could, you could mark that down as like, yeah, maybe something happened to that guy mentally that just, he wasn't able to recover from. Like maybe yeah. that just happened. You yeah. Know? But like, like it's but seemingly happened, happening a yeah. couple more times. Yeah. It happened to PJ and Bannister, right? Ooh. Yeah. OPJ. Yeah. OPJ. Like, there are, there are a lot of examples of this, of yeah. The guy for a while, our secondary has been a place where guys go to get worse. And like, that just right. isn't. Like, I don't want to see that happen to Buki, right? Yeah, right. I don't want to see it happen to Buki. I don't want to see it happen to Trey Brown, Robert Barnes, any of these guys. I don't want to see it happen yeah. to the recruits we've got coming in next year. 
Um, it's a problem. And one and no, none of our defensive backs have ball skills, man. Mm-hmm. And that's just insane to me. Like the ball skills that like, it's almost like they're coached to not play the ball. You know, when the ball's in the yeah. air, it's like, I, I don't know what it is. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. hey, just get prepared to tackle because we're not going to make the play on the ball. You know, like yeah. it yeah. just, it's just not good. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got to change, man. And that, that's been one of the things that, you know, in looking for the new uh, defensive coordinator, which, guys, that's kind of coming up. Like, I think in a month or so, that might have – we might have an answer on that. Yeah, because we're uh, going to hit – Within the yeah. next month. Yeah, we're going to hit, you know, Black Sunday or whatever within a month. You know, after the conference championship games are over, like – Guys are gonna get fired, mm-hmm. um, and it's gonna be times. It's gonna be time to look and figure this out, especially if we're looking at hiring. I mean, who knows how many defensive or who knows how many new coordinators and assistant coaches will be in a position to hire? Like, right. But yeah, that's gonna come sooner than we think. Yeah. Well, and the thing that I've kind of had my eyes on was: Are we gonna give the new defensive coordinator kind of the ability to bring in guys that he wants to come with him. Yeah, Because um, exactly. I've kind of gotten the feeling that Lincoln would want to keep the defensive staff intact with just a new voice. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of leaning toward the idea of just like, he needs to just clean house. Like, I think Calvin Thibodeau is worthy of keeping. Mm-hmm. Um, I think other than that, they just need to move on. Um, yeah. From well, like, Kerry yeah. Cooks, Tim Kish, obviously. Um, Bob Diaco, I don't like. I don't care about him. Like he's been here for half a year. Get rid of him. He's not no. And yeah. then like a guy like Ruffin, like I think he could have just as big an impact as like a in an administrative role or as like a, an analyst yeah. or something. Yeah. Like, well, he's already you know. like assistant head coach. Like which is right. was that's that's his primary job. You know. Yeah. So I think we need an overhaul. Keep Thibodeau. Like I think Thibodeau's okay. Like. Uh-huh. He's recruiting very well, and like we said, you know, his defensive line has stopped the run this year. You know, so <laughs> it's the one thing our team has done. Yeah, stop the run. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So keep Thibodeau, get Kish out, get Diaco out, get Cooks out. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I, I, it's, it's weird, man. Like I've, I've very recent, like honestly, the last two weeks have just kind of change the way I view the staff. Cause like, again, I think both of us thought, you know, you get rid of Mike Stoops, obviously not all of the issues are going to be fixed. We knew that for yeah. sure. That's but just not how, thought, yeah. That's I think just we not thought how we'd see some improvement. Stuff goes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I think yeah. we thought there'd be improvement with just some positivity being injected and then mm-hmm. um, just, you know, a different voice in there. And it just, it's been, it hasn't worked, man. And the defense is, it's basically the same. Like, I mean, we're doing some different things, just more mm-hmm. form in front, but like we can't cover anybody, man. Um, yeah. and I have no idea what we're going to do when we go to Morgantown in a couple weeks. Yeah. Like I just, I have very low expectations for how I think that game is going to go right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, I'm very, very concerned about how the rest of the season is going to go, um, with the secondary and like, God, so we've got to. It, it's all got to change. Like this can't be a thing. I can't. I can't sit through another historically great offense and think they have yeah. to be perfect for us to be able to win games. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like I can't do that again. And if like we have another historically great offense, we probably ought to be able to win a national championship or at least play for a national championship. And mm-hmm. we're just not in a situation. We might we might squeak into the playoff this year, but like we'd probably have to play Alabama and we would have no shot against Alabama because that's a team that's a lead on both sides of the ball. Um, We'd score some points on them, no doubt, but like, I don't think we would stop them like once. Like I, it just might not happen. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah, it's, it's kind of, I'm kind of depressed about it. Like (laughs) I've kind of given up on this year being like a, 
like last year towards this time of year, I was thinking we might actually be able to win it all. And we really were good enough to do it. Yeah. And it's just not the case this year. We're just mm-hmm. not moving in that direction. And that's, that's kind of a bummer um, to me. Yeah, at least. Especially because it's like, it totally takes the wind out of enjoying a frankly, like miraculous performance by Kyler Murray. Like what we are seeing him do, what we are witnessing him do is incredible. And yeah. we just can't enjoy it at all. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, the, the dude is better than Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Like he just, he just is. Um, like he, he's, he, he causes more problems for the defense than anything Baker could do with his legs. And then he just is able to make all the throws too. So, yeah, I mean, he's incredible. The, his numbers yeah. are better. He's, he's the best player in the country. Um, mm-hmm. to it. All right. This is another thing I've got. Tua, we've, he's finally playing some real defenses. Mm-hmm. And he's still very good. Alabama's yeah. very good. Tua is not a Heisman caliber quarterback. He's going to win the Heisman. Tua is not even close to Kyler Murray. Yeah. Like, his numbers, he's dipped below Kyler in efficiency. Literally, the only statistic he's better than Kyler in is he's only thrown two picks. Like, that's it. Yeah. Um, so I just there it's not close. Kyler is better, um, but I mean, Tua is going to win the Heisman because people have already decided that they're going to vote for him. So yeah, um, and that's Which kind is a of shame. a bummer. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, yeah. If and it's funny because honestly, if Kyler was like, if it wasn't so set in stone that Kyler wasn't going to the NFL, I I think that this conversation would be entirely different. Oh really? Like I think, think so? I think it would have gotten massively more buzz. Um, yeah. Well, the fact that just it was the, just like this is a one-year thing, and he's yeah, never going to play just, football again. Yeah, like NFL types had no interest in watching him or thinking about him at all. Like Todd right. McShay discovered he ex- existed like last week. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, um, I think that's I think that's fair. Um, yeah, and, and it, it is I a mean, bummer has, because he's yeah, just underappreciated. It, yeah, and it's, I mean, it has saved us from having to deal with, like, discussions about how tall he is or how smart he is. Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of a good thing, because, yeah, I mean, we I haven't, got really we haven't had to listen to people tell, tell us that he should play slot. Um, right. Well, and, like, think about how annoying some of those Baker Mayfield uh, conversations were last year, where it was just, like, you know, having to discuss whether or not he would be successful in the pros, like, we just haven't had that conversation mm-hmm. at all. And it, I, it's been kind of refreshing. Yeah. But I do think it has prevented him from getting, like, real hype uh, surrounding what he's actually doing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, um, speaking of Baker, here, had a pretty good day today. He did. He did. I had a – there was a stat. Um, I think he's the first rookie quarterback to have a QB rating of over 150 on 20-plus attempts. Yep. Um, the highest so that's rating, pretty cool. Yeah, highest rating for a Browns quarterback since like the seventies. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So Baker, Baker's not a bust. All right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 he, he makes me enjoy watching NFL football for the first yeah. time in a while. So that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, so is that all we have on? on OU and the defense and just the, this game that happened. I think so. Um, okay. um real quick, I there's going to be no reason to talk about Kansas, right? No. <laughs> um, I mean, David Beatty is maybe fired. No, he it's is unclear. fired. Right, he is. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So, okay. He, Dead coach coaching walking. but is fired. Yeah. Yeah. Who and already I, yeah. I think they're going to hire Les Miles. I That's think it's really going to happen. That's going to be it's really gonna funny. It's going to be hilarious. Yeah. You I'm know what gonna it's not going to do? Work. It's not going to work at all. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Yes. Um, I so am that's so exciting. happy about that. Yeah. Um, um, okay. I Defensive coordinator candidates. I have one. You want to discuss just a little bit. Sure. And we don't me. need to go into to great detail. Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw out Tim DeRuder. Tim DeRuder. Uh, Tim DeRuder from he is currently the Cal Cal mm-hmm. the Cal defensive coordinator, um, which 
they won a game last night holding USC to 14 points. So um, good performance for them, last, or I guess Saturday. Or I guess that would be last night. I'm thinking it's Monday for some reason. Um, yep. But he held, yeah, USC to 14 points and a win. Um, I'm not, like, I think this guy is, like, last resort type. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know I will like say he, like I look at his I look at his record and like he came in and fixed Air Force's defense. He yeah. uh you know then he went and fixed the the Aggie defense. Um and then he coached Fresno State after doing really and then did really bad. <laughs> right. He did. Um and now he's at Cal. Um Yeah. But, uh, and I, I mean I don't the, yeah, I don't dislike him. Like I would be, like I would be able to type myself into him pretty easily if, if it comes down and he's the guy that we're we wind up getting, um, because, you know, he's coached in the Pac-12. They they defend a very diverse, um, yeah. amount of offenses. So that's mm-hmm. that's good. Um, and you know, like he said, the Cal defense is legit, aren't they? Like I think they're top ten in SCP plus. Uh, um. Which, was sure. not the case before. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that is, yeah, that's you... true. I'm okay. not looking at those stats at all. Um, I can okay. pull them up, but yeah, they're, I, I take your word. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, they, if they're not top 10, they're just like mm-hmm. right outside yeah. the top 10. Um, so they're pretty, pretty good. And that obviously was not the case before um, him and Wilcox got to Cal. The, the, my only concern is, they do like Wilcox is a defensive coordinator, like or he's a defensive minded head coach. So yeah, um, you kind I'm kind of weary about those kind of situations. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, overall I think it's it's fine. Um, there have yeah. been more and more rumblings about Pete Golding. Oh really? Um, yeah, about how I mean I've seen you know multiple play- there was a tw- there were tweets about it a little bit this week from like shaky sources granted, but, um, it's more than nothing, I think. So, um, mm-hmm. if I were betting on this, um, I would, I would bet on Pete Golding being the guy, um, mm-hmm. especially, I think we're going to be more willing to, um, let him bring guys that he wants. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I think that could really make it more realistic than it was even before. Yeah. Um, so and I'm I'm really high on him. I like him. The only, like he's second on my list behind uh, good old John Heacock. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, um. I yeah. I like Golding. I feel like you know age wise, I really like his. I I like that dynamic of having two young coaches yeah. like that. Um. I think it sets us up really well in the recruiting field. All of that stuff. Um. Yeah. And one yeah. thing I was thinking about as a bonus is just. If he comes in as a 34-year-old and does really, really well mm-hmm. as a defensive coordinator, like, we're not guaranteed. Like, Lincoln, the NFL is probably not going to stop calling Lincoln. Um, yeah. And if Lincoln decides to go in a couple years and we have a guy that turned this defense around mm-hmm. as a young type guy, that might just set us up perfectly to go with him as the new head coach. Because um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of... Yeah, I, I, I like yeah. that idea. I of, of don't even like talking that. about this, but yeah, right, I, right. I understand that. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's like an added just peripheral mm-hmm. benefit of, of the situation of maybe hiring a young and up-and-comer. And worst-case scenario, or I guess worst-case scenario, he comes in as bad and we have to fire him, but like mm-hmm. other worst-case scenarios that he comes in and he's good and we lose him, but then we had a good defense. Then, yeah, then the defense you know? is good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I would. I would like Golding. My one thing about DeRuiter is um, he's pretty much always instituted a three-four everywhere he goes. Um, oh. And I don't know. That might. I mean, well, it'll it'd work, but this defense has made so many weird changes so frequently over the past three years that, like, I don't know. I don't really right. like. Then it becomes a question of like, do we have the personnel to do anything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So yeah. Do we have okay, anything else to talk about? 
I think that's probably a good place to leave it. Like, we're going to beat Kansas. Yeah. Um, and in all likelihood, the defense will look fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but, like, don't – I don't care. Yeah. Um, I agree. The um, – man. Okay, cool. Hook him. Oh, my God. Okay, cool. Hook him. Like – that is literally like the first thing I've ever liked about Tom Herman. Yeah. Like he is legitimately my least favorite person in college football. Well, if we're counting football. Zach Smith as a person in college football, not, not a no, person. He's definitely no. second. Yeah. Yeah. Not a person. Zach yeah. Smith, not a person. Um, so, okay, yeah. cool. I also really yeah. enjoyed, uh, all right, fine. Gig him and, uh, Mel, whatever boomer sooner. There we go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, okay. I think I think Mel whatever Boomer Sooner would be a good title for the podcast. I agree. Uh, for the, I feel for like this that, episode, that actually pretty much perfectly sums up our feelings yeah. about yesterday. Yeah. All right. Well, so that's that, that's how we'll end it. Mel whatever Boomer Sooner. Uh, um. Thanks for listening to the Oklahoma Drill. Um. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, the Google Play Store, or on Podbean. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Alex P. Purdy and at RW Maxi. And uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, uh, tell a friend about it or leave a review. Uh, and we'll see you next week after I'm, we beat Kansas. How are you feeling? I am very glad that you're here to do the outro <laughs> again. I yeah. hate it. I hate it a lot. <laughs> All right. We'll see everybody next week.